This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. So I want to introduce Donnie real quick before we dive into what he's going to talk about. So I hope I got some of this stuff right. So Texan. Yep. Founder of Success Champions Network. Yep. Badass Business Summit. Yep. He, he does that. Champions 90, which he might tell you a little bit about that sure. later on. He is a goat and cow herder <laughs> and True. a Marine who cusses like a sailor. True. So True. if you get offended by that kind of stuff. I mean, not the hurting part, but the cussing part. Right. You may want to cover yours at certain times. So Donnie's never had a salary position. He's been commissioned forever. 25 years. Yeah. So, but when he asked me, you know, hey, what do you want me to kind of talk on a little bit more? I watched a YouTube video he put out the other day about the mistakes he made in first year of business. I'm in my fourth year of business with real estate. I'm like, holy shit, I'm still doing some of those. So I reached out to Donnie and says, man, that was awesome. So I decided we're going to talk about those 10 things. I love it how Donnie does put the I in front of it. Instead of like, you're making these 10 mistakes. He's like, well, I made them. So I kind of created the worksheet. If you need a pen, I'll get you one. But the main thing was I kind of wanted you to know what he's going over. He's a king of wing, kind of like myself. So he does have his own sheet, but more than likely, he'll just kind of jump through the list from time to time. Yep. So just give Donnie a hand. He's going to impart some phenomenal knowledge on you along with some bad language. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, and he's serious. If you are easily offended, earmuffs, because I just talk like I talk. I spent 20 years in corporate America wearing the slacks and the button downs, no ball caps, no cussing. Yeah, that sucked. So when I launched my own business, I said, I'm just going to show up as me. So he did ask me to talk about the 10 things that I screwed up in business. I will not be going in any sort of order, but I will chunk a lot of these ideas out. But it's always helpful for me. If you'll write down somewhere, what's the number one thing you're struggling with in business? And then before we're done today, Jason will keep me on track on timing. I'd like to be able to help you out with whatever that issue is. So write down one thing that's completely kicking your ass in business right now. And then let's tackle that thing. So just a little bit more about me. I run three companies, multiple freaking seven figures in those companies. I have one of the top podcasts in the world with growth mode, five best-selling books. So, but my biggest purpose in life is to help as many people as I can get to business freedom. So, so I'm here to serve you guys in that capacity to help you out. So Jason, I think they need a few more of these sheets if you got them. So the first thing that I know for sure, and he, it's actually the first one he put on that sheet that I absolutely screwed up was I made myself an island. And let me explain. When business is bad, like my first year of business was miserable. I literally had no idea what I was doing. We almost lost our farm. My wife literally had to cash in her 401k to keep our farm. So one of the things that I did is I didn't want people to know how bad my business was. And so I made myself an island. Because I thought if people understood how bad my business was, nobody would do business with me, right? If they knew that my wife cashed in her 401k, if they knew that I didn't have enough revenue coming in, I didn't think that people would actually do business with me, right? So I didn't tell anybody. What do you think happened? Because that Since I didn't tell anybody, what do you think happened to my business? Since I wasn't putting out there, I wasn't asking for advice. 
I was just trying to grind through it without asking for help. What do you think happened? I suffered miserably, right? I suffered. My health suffered. My mindset suffered. I was constantly beating the crap out of myself. And imposter syndrome was real because I did not think I was good enough to actually make this work, which was a really bizarre mental shift for me. Being at that point, a 20-year sales guy that was straight commission, I thought building a business was going to be really easy. So the number one thing that I would suggest for you guys is don't walk around and tell people how crappy business is and how much it sucks and how much you're not making enough revenue, but start thinking specifically about what are the areas that you need help with and go seek out the people that can help you with those areas. Like if the conversations you're getting into in a regular basis don't challenge you, you're having the wrong conversations. So I love being down here with Zach because every time him and I get two seconds, we're talking about our challenges we're going through, very similar you know, business size, very, very similar things that we're doing. And we're constantly talking about, Christ, how do we do this? How do we do this better? How do we go bigger here? How do we do this thing? And we're talking about the frustrations we have of constantly showing up and the things not always panning out like we thought to. You've got to get around other people that are talking business. And if people aren't challenging you and how you're doing things, you're thinking and acting like an employee, right? An employee talks about the weather, talks about travel, talks about the vacations, talks about the things to do. There's a proper place and time for that. Don't get me wrong. But you need to be around people that are talking business. And you need to get to a place in your life where business becomes the funnest thing you are talking about. Because that's the only way you're actually going to move forward and build this thing you're trying to build. How many of you run your own company, right? you got to get around people that are challenging and pushing you, okay? Does that make sense? Well, another thing that I screwed up early on, is it's unusual in a group like this, there's not one here, but I didn't get a bookkeeper. So I didn't get a bookkeeper to help me manage the money. My business finances looked exactly like my personal finances, and I sucked at money. I made a lot of it, but I couldn't keep it because I sucked at money. If you don't have a bookkeeper, your business finances are going to end up looking just like your personal finances. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. You know, and so what happens with most of people as we start out with our business is we don't understand the tax implications. We don't understand, you know, the budgeting for different things and the financing for different things. And at one point I looked up and all these little bitty automatic charges for different stupid things was almost $1,200 in my business. Little programs I got here and there because I wasn't looking at the numbers on a regular basis to know where the money was going. You need somebody besides yourself looking at the numbers. And if you think you can't afford it, that's an employee mindset, right? You can get bookkeepers for very inexpensive and you need them in your business. They're not going to tell you how to run the finances of your business. They're going to help you keep everything on track. Right? How many of you have a bookkeeper for your business? If you don't, get one. I'm telling you, it's an absolute game changer for your financial peace of mind because it's not just you thinking about the money as a whole. Somebody else is helping you having a set of eyes on there. And it's a good surefire way to not get yourself in trouble. Another dumb thing that I did is I didn't set any sort of budget. I just spent as I wanted to go. And I'm like, well, it's my business, my choice. I get to do whatever I want, the damn finances. So I bought a lot of stupid things. Anybody ever bought something? They're like, why the hell did I buy this later? <laughs> yeah, right. I can't tell you how many coaches I hired, how many courses I did, how many different trainings I tried to get a part of. My philosophy early on is if I throw enough money at it, it'll work. 
So I blew a quarter of a million dollars my first year in business trying to figure out how to build a business, right? Doing all these different stupid things. If you don't have a budget that you're running your business off of, you're going to suffer tremendously. And the reason being is everything becomes a financial guess. Everything becomes a financial, yeah, I think I can do that. But if you don't look at things and go, that fits in my marketing budget, that fits in my freaking advertising budget, that fits in my freaking whatever budget, you know, and you need to have a personal investment line item in there. How are you personally investing in yourself, right? And if you don't have those type of things, you're really, really messing things up. And you need to be able to make decisions based on where that thing sits in your budget. So if you want to get a part of something, you want to purchase something, you want to get involved with something, you need to know exactly where that money's coming from and how you're paying for it. If you don't get a bookkeeper, if you don't get a budget, you're thinking like a damn employee because employees don't have bookkeepers. They have a CPA at the end of the year that does their taxes. As business owners, we don't get that luxury. We have to think and be bigger. We have to evolve into business owners. Does that make sense? Right? Anybody have one of those things that were like, God, I could fix this today. It would make it an awesome session. Anybody have one of those things they were struggling with that had the courage to speak up that I could help them with? They do today. You also just landed, landed a monster deal. So come on, say it again. My operating rhythm. Okay. So I have to be extremely disciplined with my time. And the reason being is I run three companies off of my farm sitting on Zoom. So most days you'll find me in pajama bottoms, a t-shirt and a ball cap. And I'm sitting there all day running the companies. So I have to be extremely disciplined with my time. So the first thing you have to understand when you're thinking about a time is how much is your time actually worth? And every time you give somebody a piece of that time, that's the payment that you're missing out on if that time is not worth revenue. So if you put a price tag to your time, it will make you really evaluate how you spend it, right? Time is the only thing we all get that's equal, but we can put a price tag to that time and that will determine who we are allowed to actually purchase that time from us. And if you just give your time up to everybody, you're actually saying you're not worth it. You're not valuable, okay? So you need to, come on. Oh yeah, man. So caught up in it that I, I couldn't really make the money I wanted it to, to that I projected yep. until I started assigning and, and my employees account. Yep. Yeah. So he said basically that he started giving other people, employees, responsibilities and started get, holding them accountable to the things he was working in the business and not on the business because he was doing all the things himself. Right. I would tell you is if you're the only person in your business that can do it, you've created a job and not a company. Okay. You have to give that crap to other people because if you don't, then you need to understand you yourself are not scalable. And if you're the only one that can do it, it's a job. It's not a company. And if you ever get to the point where you're like, well, I can't afford to outsource, you're thinking way too small. Get freaking creative. How many of you sell a service and not a product? Right. Every one of you that sells a service, trade your damn time for other people's services. Give them your knowledge for whatever you need them to do. Trade and barter your ass off. Like if you think you can't afford a bookkeeper and you got knowledge up there, find a bookkeeper that needs your knowledge and say, hey, I will coach you on X if you'll take care of my books, right? Barter your ass off until you can afford to pay for it. Okay? I, I want to add to that. So my my dad is the king of barter and I mean, he's 83 years old, but it's funny how he was a woodworker and stuff like that, but he wouldn't even barter that kind of stuff up like crazy. And mm -hmm. that's how almost every one of his friends is people he's bartered with since high school. Yep. It's crazy. That's a great point. You know, I've had a ton of vendors that work for our companies that started off on barter relationships that we now pay, right? I'm a sales guy. I can barter sales training all day long. 
and everybody needs sales help. So it became a really easy thing to throw out there. Come on. So I bartered bookkeeping. I bartered marketing. I bartered SEO work. I bartered website builds. I bartered podcast editing. I bartered social media, graphic designs. Damn near every service I needed in my company, at one point I bartered and traded for it. Okay? Because people need the knowledge. Now, at some point, you've got to get beyond the barter. Right? The barter is a stage of business that allows you to get to the level you need to get to because those things you're bringing people in free up your time to be able to go do what you need to do. We have one job as business owners. Anybody know what it is? Be the face of the company. And to be the face of the company, you're the number one salesperson. Okay? And if your ass is not out there making new connections, creating new opportunities, your business is actually going backwards. So if you're spending time doing in the business, as he was talking about, and you're doing the things in your business, your business is actually moving backwards. You need to be out, be the face out front and doing the things to grow your business, right? It's like going kind of to the time thing. Every morning on my farm at four o'clock in the morning, I go walk to farm. And the main reason I do that is because it's dark as hell. I'll turn a podcast off diagnosed with ADHD this year and at 45 years old. And I've always had to, I didn't know why, but even as a kid, I had to doodle to distract myself to be able to learn. So the podcast and a morning walk is enough distraction. I can focus on the business, right? If you're not spending dedicated time focused on your business and what's the next stage, how are you building? What are you growing? So when you get around people that will push and challenge you in your business, you can have these intelligent conversations on, this is the direction I think I'm going. If you can't have those type of questions with people, you're not focusing enough time on your business. You're living too much in your business. Does that make sense? Right? You've got to dedicate time specifically to focusing on what's my next growth phase. Like Friday, me and my COO will be spending the entire day planning out 23. And everything that we'll launch, everything we'll put together. And we're literally putting a game plan in that says, this is what happens in first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Here's when we start marketing this. Here's where we do this. And we're strategizing the entire year to figure out where we're we launching different things. Where that network finance itself, 20 hours. Yep. Different metrics. You've been on the location. Yep. yep. What does that mean? It's not an actual piece of business unless you have a back end to accomplish that. So you figure Yep. So what Zach's asking, I don't know if you got a mic on you, but I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. So he's asking what KPIs are we looking at basically from our standpoint to do a projection and growth. There's only one KPI I traditionally give a damn about. And that KPI is meetings with people who can say yes to me. Key performance indicator. Okay. It's an thank you for saying that. I should have said that earlier. So it's a key performance indicator. It's the things that you're looking at your company that you can actively measure to understand how your growth is going. It's an indicator of key performance. Okay. If we were to break it down that way. So if you look at it that way, the only KPI that we track in our company, now we have a lot of financial things, a lot of all this other stuff, but it's meetings with people who can say yes to me. Okay. If I look at my calendar, any game point, and I don't have upwards of 20 meetings a week with people that can say yes to me, I'm playing the game wrong. If I can't free up my time to have that volume of conversations, and by the way, I do 25 to 35 Zoom calls a week, but we call them virtual coffees. And 20 of those for me right now better be with people that can say yes to me. If I'm not, I'm spending too much time giving my knowledge away versus being in sales type conversations. So 
If you think about particularly how many meetings a week do you need to get into, you can look at next year. And if you have an understanding that if you get into X amount of meetings with people who can say yes to you, that's going to lead to X amount of deals in your company, which is going to lead to X amount of sales in your company. You can literally look at the next year and go, if I do X amount of meetings with people that say yes, you can actually hit pinpoint exactly what the revenue of your company will be, right? But you got to know the volume of that. And most people aren't meeting with people that can say yes, they're having a bunch of fun, friendly conversations, right? There's a time and place to do virtual coffees or meetings with people to get to know you. You have to do that, but you better be up in the volume of conversation with people that can say yes to you, okay? If you have salespeople working for you, it's a great thing to measure is each week set a goal of how many meetings with people that can say yes to them, they're actually having. For yourself, you need to set that goal and volume and you need to understand how many of those meetings lead to a sale, okay? And then business development becomes math. And it gets really, really, really simple at that point. And business development needs to be math so you can get the emotions out of it. Like if you know that it takes 20 meet conversations with people to say yes, the conversation you're in doesn't matter because you know you got 19 more to go. And it takes a lot of the heat off the conversation. Now, there are other things we do track. For us, we track number of podcasts I'm on, right? And we set a goal that we better be on a minimum of two podcasts a week. We set a goal for stages. Last year, it was one stage a month. This coming year, we know we're setting it to two stages a month that we got to be on. Like, this is a stage. No, I'm not up on a big thing or anything else, but I get a chance to speak in front of a room. That's a stage, right? And I'm telling you, I don't give a shit what you sell. If you are not speaking in front of rooms, you're missing out on one of the greatest business development opportunities in the world. If speaking in front of a room scares the crap out of you, please get over it because this is a goldmine for prospecting. How many of you have ever seen a complete moron on stage and as people around them are going, my God, that information is amazing. <laughs> well played. Nah, dude, I threw that thing straight up there for him. Uh, that was beautiful. Well played, sir. Right. There's something about being in front of a room that people, you know, are like, that's valuable information. And you put yourself in a different light. Come on. Sure to speak, even something that employed sales reps can do. We talk about working those same rooms where people speak like what we're doing now. Like how have you so how many of you here today? Oh, so working a room like this for like sales rep and stuff, short of being on the stage. So you're not on the stage, you're in the room working the room. How should you work this room? My question for this entire room is how many of you have scheduled a coffee, a virtual coffee, or a meeting with somebody else in this room today? That's it. If you do leave this meeting today without scheduling a coffee, virtual coffee with somebody else, you're playing this game wrong. Why the hell would you just show up and say hi? collect a few business cards, and then never follow up. I set a goal every time I walk into a room. I don't do it when I'm speaking, okay? But I set a goal. If I'm going to go be in a room, I'm setting two meetings before I'm done with that room. And you've got to have the discipline to do that. Otherwise, you're just networking. And if you're just networking, you're going to lose, right? It's called business development. It's called sales, which means you've got to get in conversations with people. So every room you're in, you better walk away I'll make it easy on at least one meeting. Look where the hell we are. We're 22 freaking stories up in a gorgeous freaking setting. People left their homes, got in their cars. Some of us got dressed up. It wasn't me. Dave got dressed up though, which I'm impressed by, right? Right, got dressed up, came here. Everybody here is expecting or hoping that something turns into business. 
right? It's the only reason we show up to these things. Yes, the knowledge is great, everything else. But at the end of the day, we're hoping that something turns into business. You have to be proactive in that. You can't just sit in these rooms and hang out with the same people each week and hope something's going to freaking happen. You have to play offense in business, right? And offense means you take control. And think about it. If you're the person that gets the other people to that meeting, you become their hero because they know they should be scheduling and booking meetings, but they don't have the courage to ask for it. You become that person and they're like, wow, this is my new best friend. Another way to work the room is kind of the same philosophy that I love, especially if you go to a room where there's a ton of people and you have the ability to go talk to anybody, go rescue the wallflowers, right? The people that are sitting on the wall that know they should be in the crowd, go rescue those people and say, dude, girl, guy, whatever, grab them and say, come on, let's go meet some people. Watch the relief come over them because they know they should be out talking to people and you just became their hero. If you're the wallflower, never, ever, ever network alone. Find somebody who's crazy, charismatic, and loud, right? That will go meet anybody and take them with you everywhere you network if you're the wallflower. Let them go play offense, follow them around. If you're the outgoing person and you have the wallflower with you, go back and rescue them every once in a while because they will stay stuck on the person they're talking to because they don't know how to break away. So when you realize that they're, and you haven't seen them in 10 minutes, go, shit, come on, come here, Tony. All right, and grab him and walk around the room, <laughs> right? The more you think about how do I be the hero in this room, right? How do I set those appointments? How do I help people get engaged and meet other people? How do I do referrals and introductions? The more you play the hero, the faster your business will grow, right? But people always think, man, it's such a salesy thing to set these appointments and everything. I feel like a salesperson. Get over it. Everybody in here is in some form of desperation of, damn it, I need business. We all are. So get over yourselves, right? Setting a meeting, go have coffee is not freaking a sales move. It's freaking networking. I'm really trying to watch some of my language. It's you really know, hard. You're, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're really good. hard. Right? So I'm kind of disappointed to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, building a business is a offensive sport. Quit playing defense. Everybody does networking to sell. If you're not trying to sell your stuff, then what the hell are you doing in the first place, right? People get into networking because they don't want to sell and then they network and don't sell. It doesn't make any sense to me, right? Quit being such a so-called nice person, right? Anybody else have anything? Thanks for the question, guys. I love it. Anybody else have, does that help? I know I kind of went on a tangent with that, but go ahead. Can I, can I ask you a quick question? This might Please. be- Come on, come on. No, it's, it might be crazy. I don't know. I mean, knowing for you, it might be a dumb that's question, but we'll crazy. take it. But that's okay. I'm known for it. So you got some people that work to put other people on a stage yep. and they're trying to be the hero in that standpoint. How about the people that constantly put themselves on a stage? What do you mean? That, I mean, so, so if there's like, if, if I, so if I want to do a, a monthly workshop and I came up and I wanted to be on the stage the whole time, you know, is that selfish? No. Or is it, is, is it, should I, should I mix it up a lot more? Do both for sure. But the person who has the ability to bring people together is always the champion. Why? Because every one of us are looking for areas that we can meet new people. If you can put them together and it becomes your stage, your room, everything, do it all day long. But make it a KPI, right? So when I say make it a KPI, I go, okay, I'm going to do a certain amount of events, figure out how much of those events actually lead to revenue. If you can't track revenue to your networking activity or your stage activity, you're doing the game wrong. Like everything you do from a networking standpoint should have a price tag attached to it. 
If you can't look at that activity and know exactly how much money's coming from that activity, then you can't tell if you, if you should keep doing that activity. Like you've, I hate it when people say, I'm a networker. I'm going to look right at them and go, you're broke. Because the only person who has time to be everywhere, do all the things, show up and do all the stuff, it's because they don't have any business. They don't have any clientele, so they have the time to do all the freaking things. And if you look at them and said, how many of those events and things you're doing turn into revenue, they can't tell you because they're just doing all the things because they're actually not out selling anything. They're in desperation mode, hoping networking pays off and does all the stuff for them. You got to put revenue to the activities. It's the only way to know if that activity is actually worthwhile. Okay. And you need to be selfish about your business. I don't think it's a part of my 10, but one of the things that I screwed up is thinking that somebody else would help me build my business. Right? I thought that if I served enough people, they would build my business for me. If I got around enough people, they would build my business for me. If I championed enough people, they would build my business for me. And what I mean by that is they would make the referrals, the introductions, they would do all the things I need to do. People suck. <laughs> he said, yes, they do. Right? People suck. And it's not intentional. People are good natured in as a whole. But when you're out and about networking like this, everybody's in some stage of desperation. And when they're in a stage of desperation, they're in self-preservation mode, which means they're only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about who can I open the door for you. They're not thinking about who can I introduce you for. They're thinking, please, God, will somebody set an appointment with me? Please, God, can I find a piece of business? And when everybody's doing that, nobody's going to help you out. This is why you have to play offense. You've got to go get the conversations. You've got to open the doors. You've got to figure out how to get into their Rolodex and get the introductions. So a lot of times when you think about leaving this room and you've said in a meeting, most of that meeting you should be spent with you guys comparing notes on who the hell do you actually know and who can you introduce each other to? Clients, who can I introduce my clients to? And if you're a person that thinks about, I'm never going to introduce my clients to anybody, you're an asshole, right? Your clients, if they are so precious, you can't give them to somebody else, you have a really shitty business model. Because if you're worried that you're going to lose your clients by introducing other people, you're actually a really shitty person yourself because you haven't got enough business going in. It's a form of desperation. You got to have enough business where you'll freely introduce and give it away. This is why I love this part of the question. Part of the reason we launched Success Champions Networking was to create an environment of people opening doors for other people. This is why I don't like referrals. I love freaking introductions because if I can get you to the exact right person you need to get to and their client base is your exact client base, I become one hell of a hero because I can get you to that person and their Rolodex will explode your business. That's the best way to play this game. So there's something you do in SEO exercise that makes fast. Sure. Just mean, tell me which one it is. Pizza goes beyond the, you know, so piece of this for me when I first started business was, I don't even know who to ask. I don't even know what introduction to say, hey, Donnie, go into... Oh, we have all the microphones everywhere. Okay. So when I first started business, one of my biggest struggles was I didn't know who I needed to be introduced to. I didn't even know what question to ask quite yet. And one of the exercises we do in SEN, especially as we're starting to build chapters, is yep. who do we want in this room that are actually gateway champions for us to get more business? For sure. Does anybody struggle with that? I don't know who to ask for when they I'm network. Sure the so Jason, who are you looking to meet today? Name name a person, a title, a place, uh, a thing. The head of uh, technology association. The head of okay. Yeah. You think I know that person? No, I 
So being in the room, right. So being in the room. So that's the thing is like, we want to be so direct about it. And we do this exercise and he'll work through the exercise and kind of show this piece. I think you're tracking what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a piece of it of like, who can I introduce you to? I, we can talk about it. Oh, you train. I know what, I know what you do. I've known you for years, but it turns into who's the person in that office. Is it the HR person, the sales manager, COO, the CEO? I don't, CEO is a big ask for a lot of people. Yes. Right? To go COO, the C-level is a big ask. So there's a lower level entry point. I need the sales team member that's struggling the most at blah, 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 blah. There's your entry point, right? I might get help with that piece more so. But there's an exercise he does that I want to go through because I think it'll highlight that a little bit better. Does anybody want to volunteer I mean, it's, it's great. Well, I've already done it a couple of times. I mean, I'm more than happy to do it, but I've already done it a couple of times. All right. So got it. All right. So tell us kind of so what you do and then who you're essentially looking for. Yep. So tell us what you do and then kind of who you're looking for. I run the Hidden Bookshelf Club, which connects the literary world using. A- okay. Tell us in plain English. <laughs> you volunteered. <laughs> I it's a literary magazine, which spotlights books. I have a blog, podcast, online, offline events where I connect people who enjoy books. Okay. And so if somebody has written a book or they enjoy a book, you have a means for them to get connected to those books. Beautiful. Anybody know any authors? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. There's two books at the end of the tables. All right. (laughs) Yes. It's not as good. <laughs> Unless you find it. Right, right. So what we often screw up is we can't tell people in a simple phrase what the hell we actually do. Okay. Very rarely am I going to run across from the person that says, God, I just love books. I might, right? But how do you actually make money? Selling, advertising in the magazine. So you don't actually need, I mean, you need the followers. You need people that need advertising options, right? right? Who do you need to meet? I need to meet authors who have released their book and it's flopped, or authors who are about to release their book and don't know what they're about to do. Cool. What is something that I would hear? What words would I hear from an individual that would indicate that it'd be a good moment to Marie to introduce them to you? Because nobody's going to tell me their book sucks after they've done it, right? Yes, right? Right. Nobody's going to say, I wrote a book and now nobody's buying the damn thing. They're going to always say, man, have you seen my book? It's amazing. It's awesome. You should read my book. People who are looking for places get their book. To get their book? Yes. I wrote this book and I'm trying to find avenues. Exposure. Okay. So people who need exposure for their book. What would I hear if I'm in a room like this talking to people in general conversations? What would I need to hear that I know that they would be a good introduction for you? Because they're not going to say my book sucks. They're not going to say I'm trying to find more places to get the book out there. They're going to be saying other words that would be an indicator they need to come talk to you. I wrote a book is a good start. Okay. What else? Help her out. I'm writing a book. I would love to write a book, right? Okay. Or my book is fixed and release, right? We might hear those type of things, okay? These are called trigger moments, okay? And a trigger is something that we would hear that people were going to say. Nobody is going to say, my stuff sucks. My business sucks. My finance sucks. My sales sucks. My ins- They might say their insurance sucks because everybody hates insurance, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? 
right? They're not going to talk about the negative things out there most whiles, but there's trigger moments in what you sell that makes it an indicator. And when you can explain those trigger moments to other people, you become extremely referable, right? How many of you have ever heard somebody say, I've written a book, right? How many of you from here on out, when you hear somebody say, I've written a book, are now going to think of Tony? That's a trigger moment, right? That is what you've got to find inside your business is what's that trigger thing that people are actually going to hear on a regular basis. So something I want you guys to write down, draw a triangle on the backside of your papers. I'm going to take you through a little bit different exercise. Okay? On the top of that triangle, I want you to write the industry, the industry, not the person, the industry that sends you the most referrals. What industry sends you the most referrals. If you're not getting referrals, there's, oh, let's do that really quick because I think it's funny. Fucking triangle. What the hell are you talking about? I don't care. It's got three points, Jason. Jason, three points. Right, right. The Deathly Hollows. Got anybody a Harry Potter fan? Fucking massive Harry Potter fan. Right, right. Okay. So there's, there's only four reasons people don't get referrals. What's the first reason? They don't ask. Number one reason, they don't ask. You want to know what the second one is? They have more than sorting cat. Good deal, probably, absolutely, right? The second reason is because they're an asshole. It's real. Third reason people don't get referrals is they everybody thinks you're going to try and sell anybody they introduce them to. Anybody have anybody in their life that they would never, ever refer to because they know they're going to be a used car salesperson, just freaking browbeat the shit out of them? Sorry about the used car comment. <laughs> I, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, damn it, right? The fourth reason is nobody understands what your business actually is, right? It's only four reasons you don't get referrals. So if you're not getting referrals, check the box. It's one of those four reasons, okay? You're not asking, you're an asshole. Everybody's afraid you're going to sell somebody or they don't understand what you do, okay? So if you're not getting referrals, and this exercise is going to be really hard. So top of that triangle, Jason, that's a triangle with a point at the top, okay? Top of that triangle, what industry sends you the most business, sends you the most referrals? Industry, not individual, industry, industry, industry. On the bottom right of that, what industry do you send the most referrals? And it better be different than the one that sends you the referrals. I want three different industries on this triangle. So who, what industry do you refer the most? And then on the bottom left, what industry do you wish sent you referrals that is currently not sending you referrals? So industry, you could think about very big picture, finance, marketing, those type of things, or you can get very, very, very linear and say insurance companies, you could say book publishers, right? Think very specific. And the more specific and generalized you get in those industries, the better this will be. I say industries. Correct. Correct. I Well, I would go health insurance, PNC insurance. I'd get very specific in that nature, but not title. Okay. Got it? Every time you sit across from somebody, you should say, I'd love to meet this industry because they send me a lot of referrals. Do you know anybody who works in this industry? You should then say, if you know anybody in this industry, I can open a lot of doors for them. I already refer a ton of business in there, right? If you meet somebody new and you instantly open up a whole lot of doors, what happens for you? A lot of fucking doors get open for you, okay? You go open doors for others, doors get open for you. And then the last one you say is, I'm looking to try and break into this industry. This is the industry that I'm trying to meet so I can get referrals from. Here's the deal. When we talk about referrals in general, we generatize what we say every time. This was me back in the day. I need people who need help with sales training. Do you guys ever hear anybody in the world say, I need sales training? Fuck no, nobody ever out there. No one wants to tell you they suck at sales, 
right? So nobody ever referred me when I was doing sales training in the day because they never heard it. But the industries I served were commercial printing, commercial labels, manufacturing. So I could sit across from somebody and go, do you know any CEOs that run commercial printing companies, any CEOs that run manufacturing companies? I could get very laser focused on my ask. When you can get laser focused on your ask and you spend these conversations being very matter of fact and specific versus the generic bullshit we've been taught all of our life, right? To clarify that, networking was created by broke people. Networking has been taught by broke people who don't know how to sell for years. So the whole concept of networking came about because people couldn't sell. So most people find networking because they won't go out and sell anything. And then they show up and then they don't do anything about it, right? This is go back to offense. When you go do these virtual coffees, you have a cup of coffee with somebody, get beyond the get to know you crap and get down to brass tacks of let's pull open LinkedIn. I'm looking for this industry, this industry, this industry. Who do you got? And turn around and do that for them as well, okay? Because if you don't get specific in the ask, you're not going to get the results. So think about what's the trigger, right? What am I going to actually hear in the marketplace? And then think about the industries and watch your world start to open up. Okay. There's another piece we do to help identify. We have these three industries that we think we might have the best referral partner from. There's other chess we're trying Oh, to Kevin teaches this, this one. I don't have, you know it? Due to an extent, sorry, for everybody on the Zoom, I'm like, hey, speak in the camera. So there's another exercise attached to it to help identify industries that would know authors, right? So sometimes who had who struggled with industries just now? I don't know what industries, I struggled with this when I first did it. This is a really difficult thing for me. So if we can't identify the industries, we can use this as a part of the beauty of a mastermind, beauty of a room like this. We can help each other figure out these industries. Right. So it, it's essentially, has everybody ever, anybody ever done these seven levels of why and you just determine your why? Right. It's kind of like that, but for industries, the seven levels of industries. Jason says he thinks he can do it too, that this workshop. So the seven levels of why, if you don't know, you know, you kind of say, okay, what's your why? And people might start, well, I need to make more money. Why? Well, because I got a family, I got a family of people. Okay. Why? So it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. I think what he's Jack's talking about that Kevin does sometimes is going back to Tony. She's got, you know, the you're two just, or three people that you mentioned before that you need to talk to. So name those two or three people again. Authors. Okay, so to go a step deeper, who do we know that would know those people? Publisher. Publisher. Librarian. A PR company. PR company. Somebody getting PR out there. A PR firm of some sort. Podcasters. Podcasters. Editors. Editors. Keep them coming. Bloggers. Any sort of business coach, consultant. Social media marketers. Okay, so we essentially took the three that was kind of our end result people, and we just created a whole circle or a whole sphere of people. Now, who do you know those industries? Okay, so the people you're talking about, podcasters, bloggers, that kind of stuff. And not saying you got to share that, you know, the person's contact information today, but give me throw some names out. So, Donnie, me. Donnie, Zach, who podcasters, else? Podcasters, authors, posts are usually interchangeable. A lot of times, YouTubers, right? Who do you know that's on YouTube all the time? Social and media people. Pause yeah. real quick. As we think about this, she gave three pieces. And in five seconds, we created 12 industries for her to ask about. So now when she goes into a networking space, she can say, I'm looking to meet more podcasters. Depending on the room, you shift what industry you're talking to. But you think about what industry are you looking for today? I'm looking for more podcasters. Who do you know that runs a podcast or guests on a lot of podcasts? 
right? And you start identifying those pieces that are outside the normal sphere of who you'd ask. I want to meet an author. A lot of people don't think about an author, but a lot of people would probably say, oh, I know this PR firm or this marketing person or this other person that could then lead to the third order effect of an author, right? Like I know a podcaster that interviews a lot of authors, right? Jennifer Wright. Tony, I don't know if you've met Jennifer yet. So I helped her launch a podcast called The Author's Way. All she does is interview authors. The only thing that'd be a great connection for Tony to then get all those authors to help back and forth. It's not something she would have necessarily thought about. I need book writers and authors. It's now I can connect you and link you. And then it becomes an endless stream of referrals that turn into a different world of not just one referral. It's like she'll forever get referrals and that will continue to flow. That's how you actually help a small business owner. Not just let me send you one person. It's let me send you a person. They'll send you a dozen people, two dozen people, three dozen people. Does that make sense? Love it. To add on to that thought process, if you suck at sales, if you suck at networking, there's one thing that you can do to become the best of the best, and that's open doors for others. If you're the person that gets the fucking call when anytime somebody is looking for whatever, you don't want to be the circle of influence. You want to be the person that's known. Everybody knows you, okay? If you become known, you get the phone call. Hey, Donnie, I'm looking for a roofer. Hey, Donnie, I'm looking for a book publisher. Hey, Donnie, I'm looking for a podcaster. If your phone, email, text, messenger, whatever is the one that's ringing because people are asking, you will become one of the most valuable assets in your area. Not because he's a networker, right? Because he's someone that connects business. It's not he's going to introduce you. He's going to go to the next step. Make sure that referral is effective. Yep. Let me make an effective business connection. Not just I'm a networker. I'm a business development expert for my company and others. Right. That circle of influence is the networker. They're the one that knows everybody in town. The reason they know everybody in town is because they're broke. They got time to go know everybody in town. You want to become known. And the way you come known is you become the most valuable asset, the person that gets the phone call. And if you're never asked to get inter- to help somebody get introduced to somebody, it's because you've never opened the fucking doors in the first place, which means you're doing selfish networking, which means you're only taking and not giving back. Okay. Like if you've, n- I can look at an individual and ask one question and tell them how successful their business is. I'll ask the room. I don't want your answers because I will judge you, but How many referrals do you give out on a weekly basis? Write it down. How many referrals do you give? And when I say referral, that means you're introducing somebody where there's a known sales conversation going to happen. An introduction is two good people go meet. A referral is, Hildy, I know somebody that needs freaking 50,000 t-shirts. I've already told them about you. They're expecting your phone call. There's a sales conversation attached to it. How many referrals do you give out on a weekly basis? I can tell you, but the way you answer that business, how successful your business is. Because if you're not giving out any referrals, you're broke. Please. When I met Brian and Tara, they're doing local here in the state of Georgia, remote axe throwing. Boom, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner. In this room, there might be five to 10 people that are doing real estate. Of the five to 10 people, they're all wanting me to give them referrals. Let's say of the 10, I clicked and adored five of them. Now, how do I take five people if I know two referrals? How do I decide? Here's a real answer. Really, really, really simple. My brother's a handyman, okay? Damn good handyman. I run a networking organization with chapters all over North America. I don't give a rat's ass what a handyman joins a network. My brother's getting a call anytime somebody needs handyman work. Play favorites. Pick the best. Partner people up. 
introduce both of them. If you've narrowed it down to five, introduce all five and go, look, here's the deal. I know five people that are realtors that I think are rock stars. I don't know which one's the best fit for you. So I'm going to introduce you to all five, let you go figure it out. You know how much value in that is? You just became Susie's list, whatever the hell it's called, right? Angie's list. Thank you. Thank you. I, right? Come on. About your 25 calls or virtual coffees a week. Yep. 20 of them. With yes. Yep. So those other 15, would they be having these coffees with said realtors? Because I don't know. What's the matter? Like, I just met you. I came for you. I don't know you. So do you spend some of that time just some of that networking, just spending a little bit of time getting to know you so that I can say, can I put you in a bucket? Okay. I'm going to raise you. You spend a lot of time on that. Nobody's going to want to have a meeting after I say what I'm about to say. Okay. Every conversation is a sales call for me. I don't care what you do. It's a sales call. I'm spending the entire call doing one thing. Do I want to do business with you so I can make an offer? If I don't want to do business, I don't think you're ready for me, then I will never make an offer. But for me, every conversation is a sales call. So by the end of that sales call, you're either going to look at me and say, dude, Donnie, this was an amazing conversation. How do we do more of this? Or I'm going to make some introductions for you. You're never going to know it's a sales call because I'm never going to say, hey, you feel like buying my services? Nope. I'm going to spend the entire call diving into your world so deep, trying to understand, can I help you or who do you need to meet? It's <laughs> going to a farther question that combines these two. How do you decide and how do the referrals go piece of it? Thinking about when you're giving referrals, what's the mindset behind it? The question being, do you give without expectation? Do you just give mm. referral, give referral, give referral? So I sent Jason 15 referrals. Haven't gotten one back. Referrals or introductions? Referrals. Okay. Either way. We'll do introductions either way. Well, there's weight on them for both. There are. There are. But if I send 15 introductions, no introductions back. 15 referrals. Referrals being a heavier piece to it. What is, are you giving without expectation? At How first. Always at time? first. Always at first. I'm giving without expectation. This is a filter point for Hilby. Yep. To start signing on. Yep. Who am I going to keep sending referrals? If I give him 15 referrals and he's never opened a door for me and I've done it out of the gracious of my heart, which I do, one of two things are going to happen. I'm going to be like, Jason, what the fuck? Dude, I have literally opened the freaking world to you and you haven't done anything for me. What are we doing? And then I'll say, can you introduce me? And I'll take the introduction. I'm good with the introduction. Can you introduce me to anybody or refer me to anybody? And if he can't, I'm going to find the next realtor because I, I even have a rule in the business. If you're a vendor of mine, you better make referrals. Otherwise, I'll find another vendor that will. There's no point in me doing business with you if you're not going to support my business, right? So you give the introductions, you give the referrals until there's no value in giving that referral and introduction. Good people understand the value of somebody opening the door for them. They're going to reciprocate, but you're not doing it to reciprocate. You're doing it to create good juju in the damn universe. I truly believe that if you help other people, the universe goes, that's my guy. Well, and that's actually why we call this beyond the transaction, because there's a lot of realtors and no offense to any of the realtors in the room or myself, but it's like, there's a lot of realtors like, thanks for the referral, get the transaction, see you bye for yep. everybody. I don't give a shit. Thanks for the commission check. Okay. But what we want to do is we want to go, you know, have relationships, whether it be vendors, friends, I mean, I got somebody that helped with the transaction six, seven months ago, and he wanted me to help his daughter find a car because he's out of town. Okay, that's fine. Let's go look and I'll try and help you find a car. And we didn't find one, by the way. But that's what this is. It's building relationships beyond that introduction, that referral, and it's, it's, it's a community. Yep. 100%. 100%. Okay. Hold on. Start over. So somebody owns 75 retirement accounts. With the chief marketing officer, a huge company based in Illinois, they have 75 properties in Illinois that are mostly retirement communities and seniors. And she asked me to refer her 
to a graphic artist that had helped her rebrand a few of her properties. Okay. So I didn't really know of anybody. So I'm on this Facebook page for women's marketing and I put it out there. And then I had to, like, I'm about to connect with people I don't know. So I went to each person who said, yes, I'm interested. I had to look at their website and look at their book of business. Okay, so fine. So I narrow it down. I send them the five. She ended up, I think, just flaking out, which she's allowed to do. I did the three-way emails for five people. Well, just now, right before this meeting started, one of them a year later followed up. So I ask again, for you who want to be different, whether you're doing- My question would be in that scenario is why go through all that work for question for whether you're doing cars or real estate why is my person going to pick you over the five what did you do different this I, person a year later reached out i doubt she's ever going to get the business but kudos to the one person who followed up a year later that's all how is everybody in this room going to be a little bit different than the competitor so the answer is how you're going to be a little bit different is be the person that can get people to the people they need to meet be that valuable asset be the best at what you do but open doors for others. My question for you in that scenario is why the hell would you go through that much work for a friend? I mean, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. But you spent a lot of time helping a client when you could have just said, I don't have that person. Gonna just be like, oh yeah, I know somebody because they're in my phone book. I gotta make sure if my name's on the line, just like if I have a party and you call no show, I know that I'm not gonna refer you business. Because if you can't simply let me know you're not coming to a party, why would I give you business? It's the same thing. I agree with that. And know you're my people. Was there an ROI on that activity? Yeah. Okay. Then that's worth it. Then it's worth it. That was my point is why go to that length of work for somebody if there's not an ROI with it? Cool. Cool. Love it. Perfect. 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 Okay. I'll make a bet with you that in the next five minutes, I could probably get about 10 introductions out of this room. Anybody want to try me on it? So somewhere on your paper, draw four squares. Just connect them. Two squares on top, two squares on bottom. <laughs> Rectangle, right? Two squares on top. So like you're drawing a cross, right? Yep. No, two squares on top, two squares on bottom, like you have a cross in the center. Huh? <laughs> Square tattoo on me. Okay. Let me see your pen and paper. Hold on. Nope. Four squares. Like a window. Thank you. Like a window. <laughs> Put it on an obtuse angle. I don't even know what that means. Draw a Texan square, not an Atlanta square. Right, right. Okay. On <laughs> in the top left box, I want you to write down first names only. First names only. I want to know if you have first names only. Anybody know a coach or a consultant? First names only. Write them in the box. A coach or <laughs> a coach or a consultant. First name only. Okay. I want to describe somebody and I want you to put out a name that comes to mind. I don't want to know the circle of influence in your life. I want to know the GSD, which stands for get shit done individual. And a get shit done individual, they're the person that when they walk in a room, their presence walks in the room before they do. They're never sitting on the sidelines. They're always in a leadership position. Everybody in town comes to them. They are that dynamic badass. First name only, write that person down. Who do you know? Okay. <laughs> it's not Zach, right? I want to know the best service-based business owner you know. Who's the best service-based? They sell a service, not a product. Best service-based business owner you know. Write first name only down. First name only in that front top box, okay? The next one I want is I want somebody you know that has a community of people. 
They bring a bunch of people together and have a community around it. First name only. How many of you have a couple of names in that top left box? Just a couple of names is fine. Okay. In the top right box, I want you to rank those people by how well you know them. <laughs> rank those names by how well you know them. Okay. One to 10. Yeah. One to 10 is fine. How well you know them. One is I know them the best. 10 is I know them the least. So rank those first names by how well you know them. Dude, mine's on, mine's above yours. Come on. <laughs> okay. So rank them by how well you know them in that top right box. Give you a second to do that. In the bottom left box, I want you to rank them by how comfortable you would be introducing them to me. How comfortable you would be introducing those people to me. So rank them by how comfortable you would be introducing that individual to me. What, what if your name was on my list? Dude, then you better introduce me to myself. I'd love to meet me someday. <laughs> how comfortable you would be introducing those people to me. Rank those out. Holy cow, I found a penny. Look at that. That's good looking stuff, right? I like teardrop. I don't want to know the answer to that, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, all right. Bottom right box. When would you be willing to make that introduction? By when would you actually make the introduction? But I want a date and time on when you would make that introduction. How many of you wrote a date and time on an introduction in that bottom right box? Guys, if you do this, if you do this, Every time you do a virtual coffee or a cup of coffee with somebody and you walk them through your triggers, you walk them through all those industries, you walk them through the industries you need to get introduced to, and you ask for first name only. And the reason you only ask for first name is science proved that there's no threat when you only ask for first name, right? People are really easy to write down first names. And then you take them through this journey. Watch how many introductions you get, not necessarily referrals, but watch the introductions you get because you're walking them through a step-by-step -step process of who you need to get to. If you really want this to work, take them through it first. By the way, this is legitimately called Foursquare. I came up with this years ago. Take them through it first. So first names only, I'll come up with it. What industries do you need to be introduced to? Come on. Corporations. Corporations. Cool. Get more specific with me. So car dealerships. Cool. Cool. So as you go through those, I would come up with a whole bunch of first names of people that came to mind for me and then go through the same process. I would rank them by how well I know them, how comfortable I'd be introducing to them. And then I would tell you specifically when I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to take you through the process first. Why would I take them through the process first? A given value. If I sat down and I'm able to instantly make five or six introductions for you, when I make the ass back, odds are you're going to be excited to make those introductions for me because I just did it for you. It's a fantastic way to get very purposeful in those conversations. Does that make sense? Anybody like that? I would actually like those introductions, really. If you guys have them, I'll take them. <laughs> a sexy dude, man. God. So we've been talking a little over an hour. I mean, so if anybody needs to go, whatever. I mean, I don't want you guys to feel like you got to stay or whatever. But I'd also kind of like to open it up to these guys for if there's specific questions, follow up. I'll need to continue on a personal device. And also, I mean, maybe you want to do like a takeaways first, then questions. You're going to straight into let's do some questions. Let's do questions. Then we'll do And is anybody leaving? Feel free. I don't yeah, want to hold yeah, it. It's okay if you need to. So think about questions. And if you do have a question, let me know so I can bring the mic around to you. So get it. Oh, come on. So the Foursquare, I love this because it's specific and I like to go to the So when you're talking about, you asked first left square, you said coach or consultant that provides a service. And you said best service based. I don't know if I put this, is that one? Square. Right. Okay. 
when you're on a VC with someone and let's say they're specific in their industry. So for example, realtor, right. You would put, if they asked for a certain individual, that's what you're putting in that square. So let's say Jason's asking for, I need to meet doctors or whatever. Yep. I'm just putting all the doctors that That you know, that you could pull off top of your head. Yes. Yep. Yep. Very specifically. That makes sense. So the more specific you get in telling them who you need to be introduced to, the easier it is for them to come up with first names. Okay. But you've got to get very specific on there. So I would tell you, like we did with Tony, come up with a list of specific, specific industries, specific triggers, specific conversations. There's another thing you can look at that. So this whole process is actually called CAP and Foursquare. CAP is an acronym. It's a three-letter acronym, C-A-P. The C stands for Characteristics. So when you think about characteristics, this is all the demographics and psychographics of your perfect client. So you could think about things like if I'm doing B2B sales, how much revenue does that company do? How long have they been in business? How many employees do they have? If you're doing B2C things, think about are they married? Do they have kids? Are they living in a certain neighborhood? What do they do for a living? Right? What are their hobbies? Right? Get very specific on the characteristics. The A stands for alternatives. And alternatives are what do people spend money on versus buying your stuff? So quick, funny story. I was one of the largest deals I should have closed when I was doing sales training was, I think it was 1,200 salespeople across the US and they would have paid me four grand per person per month, okay? Let you guys figure out the math. Get down to the final table to get this deal done. And the CEO looks at me and says, I can't do this deal. And I said, why not? He goes, because I just purchased 200 billboards across the US. I said, excuse me? I said, so instead of investing in your salespeople, you bought billboards. He said, yep. I said, good luck with that, right? So I I told people that if anybody who is thinking or contemplating buying billboards, it's probably somebody I need to talk to because they're an idiot, okay? So when you think about alternatives, what are people spending money on they should be spending on you, okay? And the last one is problems, right? What problems do you solve for people? that I would actually hear. And then you take them through those characteristics, those alternatives and those problems and ask them to come up with first names during that process. Hey brother, do me a favor. Give me a lesson learned, one takeaway from today. Are you leaving? Yeah. One takeaway from today. Well, I actually did it with Jason. I support about eight software sales reps. Love it. I wrote down that each employee should be looked at as a business unit. Mm, Love that. Each employee should be looked at as a business unit. Love that. Absolutely, bro. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Okay. So take them through the process. So I want you to think about for today, just to get some more questions going, is what is one thing that I said that is still not clear for you? Some of the things that come out of my mouth, I speak very fast and you didn't wrap your head around. What was something that I said that you didn't fully understand? And then we'll open it up for more questions. Anybody have any questions specifically they would like to answer? CAP problems. Problems or pains? Problems or pains? So while you're thinking about your questions also, Donnie did give you all a lot of information, a lot of specific information. You know, sometimes we'll go to a workshop and get, it'll take 10 workshops to get this much info. So his real passion is helping businesses be successful because nobody really showed him how to do it. True. So that's why I mean, when I watch a, a short YouTube or long YouTube, it's just amazing that the, the information he just throws out there that I'm like, why could I have met you like four years ago? I'd probably be standing here. Trust me. I wish I would have met me five years ago. Okay. So. A lot of value there, but questions? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah, beautiful. I love that. I love that. And if I didn't bring anything on the sheets, let me know. When I started my business, I did two things. I thought I tried to be everything to everybody. And I became a business whore. And what I mean by that, as I said yes to everything. So at one point, I had six companies going and none of them were making money. 
I had a magazine going. I had freaking a podcast production company going. I had all this stuff going and none of them make money. And I confused the marketplace. Nobody could tell me what the hell my business is or what I was actually doing. And I actually had people that were telling me, Donnie, I don't know what the hell your business is. I don't know what you actually do. I don't know how to refer you or help you or introduce you because it's kind of like you're walking up with the guy that opens his trench coat and has selling all the watches, <laughs> right? So what I would tell you, especially early in the business, get singularly focused on one thing and sell that. Take that one thing to $100,000. And if you can take one thing to $100,000, you're going to learn all the principles you need to do to take another thing. Take two things to a million dollars. And those will be the two most wonderful things that you can learn how to do. Because if you can get to 1 million, you can get to 10. To go from 10 to 100 million is a whole different conversation, right? But the things you'll learn getting to a million dollar business, the things you'll learn getting to a $100,000 business are the most magical things. If you can do it once, you can do it again. As long as you learn the principles of what it takes to get to a $100,000 business, right? You can multiply those things. You find the processes, the systems, and the things you need to create to make your business actually scalable. And by the way, systems and processes is what actually scales businesses. One explanation, most businesses grow, they don't scale. Scale means you go from a hundred or a million dollar company to a hundred million dollar company, but you do not increase cost, which means you're still spending the same amount of money you were as a million dollar company, as a hundred million dollar company. That is scale. Anything else is growth. And it's really important to understand the difference between that because most of us are still growing businesses. Does that make sense? But yeah, get singularly focused on one thing. Does that help? Is there anything else in that sheet that I didn't cover? <laughs> so I literally spent a ridiculous amount of money on coaches, courses, buying every guru thing you get out there because... As you're building a business, you do the things like you go to YouTube, Google, and you're trying to look up things. And all of a sudden, all the gurus come out of the woodworks. And so it was, ooh, you need a funnel. Ooh, you need this. You need this. You need this. You need this. Turn off all the noise. Do not hire a coach until you know specifically what you need to fix, right? You're going to learn more by going out and screwing things up and be able to come to like a guy like me, a guy like Zach and going, okay, here's where my business is. I need to learn how to do X. Otherwise, you're going to confuse yourself so much doing all the fucking things. And it's exhausting because you're doing and doing and doing and doing, and you're just spinning your wheels because nothing's working. The reasons nothing's working is because your energy is so split in so many directions. You don't have time to get traction momentum in it. Go build a damn business, fuck a whole bunch of things up, and then be able to come back and ask specific questions. Well, and I can vouch for that because I've got eight, nine, 10, 20 people constantly trying to give me advice. <laughs> and finally, to the point, it's like, I'm going to pick one or two and that's it. I'm done with all the advice from all the people that think they know the business. And reality, they don't. They're just other realtors. That's why I don't. And when somebody says, well, I want you to be my real estate coach. I'm like, uh-uh. Real estate coaches are idiots. Yeah. They all say the same thing. I want a specific business coach that's going to help me grow a business. So that's where this kind of came from. Something to think about when you hire coaches, and I really, really mean this, if they're not doing what you want to be doing, do not hire them. If they're not at the level you want to be at, you want to watch a coach squirm, ask them for somebody that their services didn't work. Ask them to give you somebody that the program or the thing they offered didn't work and watch them fucking squirm. The truth is most coaches are fucking broke. They became a coach because 
anybody ever seen this? Somebody starts off as a marketing coach or marketing person. Five months down the road, they're now a business coach teaching people how to build businesses, but yet they couldn't get the marketing business off the freaking ground. But now I want to teach you how to do business. It cracks me up, right? Most coaches are actually broke. Go do your due diligence before you hire anybody and make sure they're doing the things that you want them to do. And ask the tough questions. You should interview them as hard as they should be interviewing you. Okay. And There's actually a saying in sports, those who can play yeah, yeah. and those who cannot coach. Yep. So. Spoken like a tennis coach. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn good coach, but I can't oh. play worth a shit. Anything else I didn't cover on that sheet that you want me to cover? Cool. Let's go to lessons learned. All right. Lessons learned. I'm going to go around the room. You got to be able to say what the one thing you learned the most from today. Yeah. Most thing I learned today is take your time to get the right people into the right job in your business, as opposed to just hiring and then see where it goes. Absolutely. Love it. And guys, do me a favor. Project loud. Mm. Yep. So just being a little intentional. Love it. Love it. It's awesome. Assign your time a value and you get a lot more like fine-tuned on what you're spending your time on. Uh, absolutely. To manage my schedule better. To manage the schedule better. Love it. Walk into every meeting to set a virtual property. a girl. Love it. Play offense. Play offense, my friend. Mine's that to identify the industries, be very specific and ask for that referral or that. Identify the industries and be very specific. Love it. Chef. Um, budget, budgeting, having buckets for different activities. Love it. Love it. As I'm walking across, a big thing for me was the definition difference. We talked about words before growth compared to scaling. Yes. Scaling stun around like crazy. Growth is a great way to look at it in a different, different light. I have to say the industry triangle, really identifying like my gate of nerves. Love that. Awesome. Maybe being on stage and sharing some of my knowledge with other people. Huge. Telling you, being in front of the room is a magical damn thing. You're very welcome. Most times in the sales world, we don't hear it very often. It's really more geared towards the business owners and CEOs, but they should talk about it more. So uh, we came up with some form- some actual formulas on the market tech guide like to sh- visually see the intention when we go to networking and one-to-one copies and that kind of thing. I love the visual. Awesome. Awesome. Two things. Number one, I always thought that if I served enough, would help enough. <laughs> I did the same thing. My business for me. And number two. Amen. Number two, <laughs> triangle means point on top. <laughs> <laughs> When I'm glad you finally learned that. <laughs> so being more intentional about finding people bigger ones. Yeah. I like the triangle and the force to kind of elaborate and, and get a better understanding of people. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, do you shop in like the little dude show that coat, man? You flex that arms, man, and you're like about ready to pop through that thing. <laughs> I like the visual of the four square. I think it's controlling the meeting and adding value to the person helps you not only learn more about yourself, but it also helps you teach. Yes. It, you teach them, but also add value. To oh them. yeah. It become, you become such a valuable asset in those virtual copies when you can do this. Uh, is that what you got? Two, two pieces of Palmer. No, think like an employee and she has a new love for square and triangle. <laughs> <laughs> the triangle on top. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I do have a couple of books. Who will make me one of those introductions? Who's going to make me an introduction and not part of that Foursquare? Anybody going to make me an introduction? Well, you going to make me an introduction? Trade me an introduction. Well, how about I do this? If you'll make that introduction, that's yours, right? Anybody else? You're going to make an introduction? Well, then give it away. Give it away. Or you can send me away, though. On Amazon, or you want to go to... No, go to Amazon. Amazon. All right, so... 
Zach actually gave these books away for the business builders a month or so ago. And it looks really skinny, but it's got this much information. So I would definitely, if you haven't bought it already, get it. Do you do an audible on it? Yeah, there's. I got the audible and it's me reading it. So you'll hear me in all size my glory. Size matter. <laughs> size matter. Donnie's like, he's got actually a couple books. You had the other one here. There it is. So that cap and four square exercise is actually in that book. You can get that on Amazon. There's an audible version of that as well. So that's endless stream referrals. You can get that as well. It's 99 cents on Amazon. And then also we want to make sure Zach's got his book which came out. Veterans Day already on best what all genres? Philosophy, mythology, and mental health. So there you go. So number one seller in three different genres. <laughs> But anyway, so he's got several books here. Some are actually for people that have pre-purchased them, but I guess he's got some also that he'll sign for you if you want to get those today. Also, you want to add some stuff real yeah. quick? Yeah, real quick. First and foremost, hopefully this one's mine, not Nate's. Yeah. Nate's is still here. Okay. First and foremost, Donnie flew in from Dallas Sunday night. He's been hanging out. He's done several different pieces. He's talking again tonight. Can we give him a round of applause for stepping away? Thank you. What's funny about Donnie, he's got a literal farm, whatever the hell that is, out in Dallas. As Right before he started this, he's on the phone with his wife, GPS on the dog that ran off. So again. The farm is falling apart, apart without him. So definitely a big thing to come out to Atlanta and be a piece of this. There are two things that are in collaboration standing in front of y'all. And it's a big thing that I need to do better. I was yelled at for not having a better call to action and a big piece for a lot of what we're working on together. For me, I can be a little bit woo-woo with my philosophy and stuff. A big thing for 2023 is conversion. I want to do better about converting for myself and for those around me. So this piece, the Beyond the Transaction Workshop, once a month we're having this piece, but it's part of a bigger program called Business Builders and a sub-program called Legacy Builders. Business Builders, who's a business builder in here that's part of the program? Absolutely love it. So we have several people that are part of this program. We have Monday's workshop that he taught some amazing stuff at. I was taking notes more than everybody else, I think. Then we also have mixers. We have a new mixer starting a networking event once a month that he's going to be facilitating a Buckhead Club. I have one that I kind of pop around at different locations. If you want to be a part of business builders and really get in a room like this consistently to build business, talk to me before you leave. This is what we're doing. I'm going to brag. I just fired a business builder because she has done so many amazing things. I'm going to brag. Oh, yeah, you got fired. You got fired. I had to get her out of my program. She landed. That's okay. I'm fired. She landed over a six-figure contract yesterday that is taking her. She's been in business four months for herself, four months. And she just landed an over six-figure contract. And she's no longer going to be barred business builders because, well, I guess my job's done, right? That's my goal is to build businesses. That's our goal is to build business. It's going to take her away from our time frames, unfortunately, but it's going to be stellar. I'm excited about it. That's a huge thing of what we're trying to do in business builders and accomplishing. For legacy builders, if you have anybody that's 26 or under that wants to now grow into this space, that's in college, going to college, leaving college, Jason is a coach. He's been a coach and a mentor for 20-something years, almost as long as I've been alive. He's phenomenal at it. We are starting Legacy Builders. It's launching next week, and it's for those 26 and unders. We want a mentor. He's going to be a mentor. If I can keep her, she's going to be a mentor. We're not we're, paying her, though. No, nah, we're not paying her. She's good now. <laughs> she's actually funding the program. But no, but we want to focus more on getting those youth, those young adults that want to build what we're building right now. So don't hold back on those referrals. If y'all know anybody, we have people from UNG, people from KSU. We're really hitting the universities here locally and drawing some amazing kids that are going to then be business builders with us. The final thing is Donnie. I don't buy into many people. I don't do it. Those of y'all that know me, I don't partner. I don't do it. I haven't needed to do it in a long time. I got burned one time. Just won't do it anymore. Tell him went to Dallas and saw what he does. We flew out to Dallas in September. 
Didn't know anything about SCN and his networking crew. Didn't know anything about it. He was on my podcast. I'm like, ah, you're cool people. Let me go out there, support the mission. He ended up putting us on stage. I spoke, she spoke. He trusted us enough after we trusted him enough, right? And then somebody walks up to me from the Atlanta chapter of SCN. Hey, you should join SCN. I'm like, what's SCN? I don't know anything about it. Come back to Donnie. I'm like, what the hell? Where's my invite, bro? He's like, ah, don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, now I'm intrigued. So recently, SEN, yeah, we'll play jackass. Sales guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very recently, I took over the Georgia chapter for SEN. It's growing over 350 now members and growing the number one fastest growing networking company in the country, networking firm, networking organization. Mm -hmm. I'm running the Georgia territory. We've added, I think, 20 new members in the last six weeks and three new chapters with three more in the wings. So we're creating a little empire here in Atlanta and Georgia that's going to be a part of a national empire where this badass battle collaboration is going to happen at some point. Don't leave this room without booking a call with him or myself because you will be doing yourself a disservice if you don't get to know this man more and he's leaving tomorrow morning. So you've got a little bit with him right now. If you're coming to Vetlanta Summit tonight, he's the keynote speaker. If you want to come to the summit, we have 435 people registered so far for tonight. He'll be the keynote there. I'm going to be doing a different, a couple different things. I'll be emceeing a panel with them. This is one of those rooms that you don't leave without getting a meeting on the books. Take advantage of it. Take that action and find out how we can help each other build business. And what I said earlier about finding the people that will challenge and push you and are doing big things and having that conversation we've had you know, ongoing since we've been here, that's the people you got to get around because you got to get around the people that are thinking and going as big as you are and quit staying around the people that aren't going to push and challenge you. When you find those people, invest in those people to stay close and get around them. And that's that's worked really well with this guy right here. Came to me as a real estate agent, didn't know anything about real estate. He's like, ah, I'm new in real estate. I want to learn about real estate, but I need to learn about business. Can I join your business mastermind? I don't know shit about real estate. It's like, I want to learn business. Fast forward a year and change later, he comes back and he's like, how do I do more? How do I become one of the coaches? How do I help mentor and do legacy builders for him, right? He invested in me, I invested back, and it's been in mutual. This is going the same direction, investing back and forth, mutual. I'm big on you're going to give value and you're going to receive value, right? Very mutual relationships among us. That is the key to what my biggest takeaway of what this world looks mm-hmm. like. I'm getting a hand wave from the big business girl over here. Thank you for chatting about One thing off of you guys is that I want to say is be open to taking their feedback regardless of how you hear it. Listen to the message and receive it because at the end of the day... Zach's a lot more gentle than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Gentle, nice, whatever. Yeah, I cuss the least amount. (laughs) (laughs) But applying what a coach, a mentor is saying, being open to receiving it, taking emotion out of it, and doing what they're telling you to do is the best steps, plural, that you can take. Because I think you and you and the connections, the steps that you told me to take and I've seen success from it. So really, thank you. And to give an idea, she's in Business Builders, but she's also part of his mastermind. Champions Table. Champions Table. So she's in two different masterminds, two different perspectives, similar, delivered two different ways, two different networks, two different things. She took, and what I love about her, she applied it. She took action. She sought knowledge and then took action. Knowledge means nothing unless you're willing to actually do something with it, right? I'm going to get off my soapbox because I love this stuff. This gets me fired up. We have one more event tonight, four events in three days. I'm tired. I hope you can be tired. tired. (laughs) So if y'all want to come tonight, let me know. Don't leave this room 
I'm going to stop on my tangent and give it back over to the man, the myth, and the legend, the Silver Fox. Thank you. Words of wisdom to leave us with. So, how many times have y'all gone to a workshop and the person who's speaking is not really approachable or you can't get in front of them before you leave? I mean, that happens to me quite a bit that I'll go to a workshop, whether it be 30 people or 300 people, sometimes it's hard to approach that person. Donnie's not that person. So make sure that you're like, hey, I need you. So, you know, if maybe Kendrick's talking to him five minutes, hang out. Because he's going to make time for everybody until he's got to go do the thing later on. So very approachable in that regard. So I can really appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Soup, soup and a salad to go. We have some packed and ready to go. So you can just grab and grab and go if you like. That's awesome. Bree, thank you very much. And it, let's actually thank Bree and Stephanie. And obviously, Chris, for doing that. I mean, not only does it taste amazing, but it makes the room smell yes, phenomenal the whole time we're in here. So of that. Thank you, Tom. All right. Thank you, guys. So that's all we got. Hope you got to hang out. And- Thanks, dude. I I wrote it so I would read it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.